Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Sawa Bona. Hi, everyone. Catherine Avery. And this is, I think, episode 20, can't believe it already, of the Uncluttered Office podcast. I've been thinking about connection over the last two weeks, and I've noticed it seems to be a theme in my life. I've also realized it's my mission and my message. In many ways, we live in a disconnected world. We think we feel connected via social media, but loneliness is becoming epidemic. 46% of the U.S. feel lonely per Cygnus survey. That is a pretty high number. And I would say that's even possibly epidemic portions if you've got that many people feeling lonely, and yet we have this social media where we can all, quote, stay connected. You're probably wondering how this connects with productivity, and we're going to get there. I can tell you, in our quest to feel productive, we're probably racing around, scrambling, getting to the end of the day, not uh, feeling completely breathless. And wondering if there's more to life than just crossing off items on our to-do list. And I'm here to tell you, you can have a full life, you can be productive and efficient, but it doesn't have to feel overwhelming. And that's my mission. I want to help others put systems in place, such as you. No, you're a busy professional. So you can focus on your family and your friends. I don't want you to have to wait for dreams. So let's go back to loneliness and how that connects with productivity and why I've been thinking about it so much lately. Last Thursday was World Mental Health Day. I'm not super public about this, but I struggled for years with anxiety and depression. I had 20 years on the couch, which seems like an inordinate amount of time, but it's what it took for me. And over time, I got better. I learned how to manage my anxiety and by managing my anxiety, I could avoid going into depressions. I'm sure some of you were wondering, did I take medication? The answer is sometimes yes. Mostly I tried not to, and that worked okay, but there were times when I had no choice. And I have to tell you, being depressed is a very lonely place. And I was really thrilled because I, quote, had my last depression many, many years ago, and I was never planning on having another one again. And then I got cancer. And cancer, the treatments for cancer, chemo and radiation and all the other meds you have to take, can affect your body physically. And so probably in about April, I had finished my 
chemo treatments in January of 2016 and then completed my radiation treatments in March of 2016. I would continue on with Herceptin treatments every three weeks until the following October. And round about that, I'm going to say April or May, and this is sort of an odd time for it because I tend to get a little SAD, which is a seasonal affective disorder. I need to be outside a lot, hence my gratitude power walks in the morning. I get my vitamin D first thing, and then I feel ever so much better. By the way, exercise is great for people who struggle with depression. It's, I am no doctor, but it burns off things like serotonin, et cetera, that make you feel a thousand times better. So I highly recommend it. If you're uh, struggling with down feelings or depression, take a walk. At any rate, after cancer, I was sitting in a room with my brain group. They were retraining our brains because we were all very forgetful. I still can be forgetful. And a woman was talking about her pork chops and how she couldn't find them. And I'm kind of a Weisenheimer. And it would have been more likely for me to laugh and make some snarky comment about the pork chops and have everyone else in the room laugh. Except what happened was I burst into tears. I was absolutely devastated that this woman couldn't find her pork chops. I'm actually getting emotional thinking about it because it was such a moment in time where I was just not myself. And I immediately went to the gal, uh, Mary Harry, who runs Norwalk Hospital's Smilo Breast Cancer Center. And I said, Mary, something's really wrong with me. I'm crying about pork chops. <laughs> and, she, and I'm like a very upbeat person. I'd come in happy and positive all through my treatments. This was not a person who was sobbing through chemo. I was goofing and laughing around with another gal. I brought really fun friends so we could have a good time. And this was way out of left field. And they immediately connected me with the social worker there. And then within, I think, oh my gosh, 24 hours, I was at the oncological psychiatrist. God bless Laura Hospital for getting me help so quickly. And he was this wonderful gentleman. I, I'm forgetting his name. He had a great name. And he said to me, you're going to need to take medication. And I was really disappointing. But the fact is, is how he explained it is that I had pathways already in my brain that I had managed to close off. And through chemical reactions, they had reopened. I'm going to talk more about this in a minute, but just hold that thought. So connection is about building relationships, right? And about four years ago, when I was going through all this cancer stuff, a gal named Alex Myers reached out to me and she said, I've been through a brain tumor. I'd love to be supportive of you through cancer, your breast cancer. And she and I were friends in high school more than 35 years ago. Yes, I'm dating myself. And over time, we created a small group via Facebook Messenger of four of us who were all graduates of Kent Place at the same time. And all four of us were going through really difficult stuff health-wise. And it was funny because these aren't the folks who I would have expected to be hanging out with. I'm not really a go-to-reunion type person. And I just didn't see this handwriting on the wall at all. 
but it's been absolutely wonderful. And unfortunately, at our 35th reunion this spring, all four of us had things going on with our kids. They were either graduating high school, college. Mine was graduating eighth grade. And we were unable to go to reunion, even though we had said for the sake of Samantha Hankins, who was a friend of ours who died of breast cancer, we were going to go for her sake because we would know she would have wanted us to go and be connected. So we couldn't do that. So what we did was we decided to get together. And that was last weekend. None of us had seen each other in over 30 years. And we had the most fun time. We went down to my happy place, which is our beach house in Fenwick Island, Delaware, and had the greatest time being together. And during that time, we talked about this kind of depression. And I found out that it was actually called organic depression, which is affiliated with a physical illness. I opened by saying Sawabona, and that means I see you in Ubuntu. I am because we are. And the response is Sakona, until you see me, I do not exist. That's what connection is about. Two weeks ago, I gave a presentation called Connection in a Disconnected World, using online tools to further offline relationships. And I talked about how we can use technology, like my Facebook Messenger group, to stay connected with our teams and clients. We have sacrificed our relationships to the altar of our to-do list. We are a cult of busy. And according to Dayrunner, 65% of those they surveyed described themselves as very or insanely busy. Unfortunately, we have decided that time is money. And I'm here to tell you it's not your fault. So here are two mindset things I've learned. The first is understanding time. Objective time is measurable. Subjective time is experiential. The easiest way to describe this is waiting in line at the DMV. We've all had that experience. It takes forever. And it's something we should do. We don't have a choice. It has to be done. We need a new license. Whole playing 18 holes on the golf course, going out for a sale, spending the day with your family at the beach. These are things we want to do. So that time at the DMV feels just interminable and the time that we want to spend flies by. What I'm asking you to do is reframe how you look at time. Use this tool, get intentional about your time. When you really decide what it is you want to do with your time, you'll actually find you're doing less. It's really quite amazing. And then one more tool, which again requires shifting your mindset. Learn how to say no. Give yourself time and space to consider an opportunity before giving an answer. Reflect on your values and your time commitments before saying yes to doing something. No is a complete sentence and no reasons need to be given. I hope this all helps you. Sawabona and Sakona. I wish you all success and I'll see you in the next time. Stay connected. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.